Our guest today is one of the driving forces behind some of the biggest groups in prog rock over the last 15 years, including Transatlantic, Flying Color, Spock's Beard, and of course his work as a solo artist. It is a real honor to welcome the great Neil Morris. Neil, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Um, so I guess, you know, normally you put out not just one record a year, but sometimes two or three. I think th this year might be one of the down years for you, uh, but I imagine it was still pretty busy. What's what's this year been like for you? Well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny you mention it. I was looking out at this year going, wow, you know, I don't have a major release coming out this year. You know, I thought maybe Transatlantic would be able to you know, come out in the fall, but that didn't seem like the right thing. And Royna had his uh, Desolation Rose album coming out in the fall, so he didn't want it to come out in the fall. So I was sort of wondering about this year, actually, how how things were all going to turn out. But you know, it seemed like at every turn, at every turn, there was uh, there was plenty to do, and there was always something going on. Um, you know, I had some extra concerts. You know, I played places I'd never played before. Uh, you know, I played in uh, Israel and uh, Poland and Greece, a uh, place I've never played my own music before. Um, and there was a lot of different things that happened this year. And, uh, you know, preparation for further projects like Flying Colors and then uh, my own band getting together to write together for the first time. So there was, uh, there was, there's been plenty to do, that's for sure. Yeah, sort of a regrouping year, maybe, uh, give you a chance to breathe. It's uh, been uh, nonstop. It's been great, actually. I meant to ask you about the the shows in Israel because I imagine that was that was pretty uh, amazing for you. It was really great. I don't know how, how it happened. I guess oh, I guess well because of the guy, the promoter, invited us to go early. But I've never had so much free time. You know, we had like two days where we just kind of hung out in Israel. It was, it was so cool. You know, usually everything I do it seems like it's like you know like this. Tomorrow I'm leaving for India, and I'm I get in like midnight tomorrow night, like Thursday night. Then I play Friday, and then I have a worship service on Saturday, and leave at two in the morning and fly twenty hours back. You know, <laughs> right? A lot of times it's just like you know, hit it, hit it, and leave. You know, kind of thing. So Israel was really nice. We got to be there for a while, and it was just a beautiful weather and a beautiful place, and the people were great. Yeah, it was wonderful. That's great. And uh, I also saw the pictures with the Flying Colors guys uh, this past week with the, the writing session. So how are those coming along? Yeah, well, miraculously, at the final hour, we finished it. No kidding. Yeah. It was looking like, because we were supposed to have a whole week here in Nashville, like, you know, that's what had been blocked out. And then Mike, that really, you know, very, very late in the game, uh, said, you know, guys, I've just been gone too much. I, I can't leave. But if you guys want to come here, I'm up for it. So we all wound up coming to uh, go to Mike's place. And uh, it, well, it was great. It was a horrible get-in. I mean, I, the Philadelphia airport was snowed in, and everybody was diverted or canceled, or I was delayed. I didn't get in until 1 in the morning, and there were no... There were no hotels anywhere, and, and it was just a nightmare getting in. But once we got settled in, it was it was awesome. We we uh, we went. We managed to get it done. It was amazing. That's great. Yeah, that was like last week where the whole country was covered in snow, and you looked at the map. But we're we're down here in Florida, and it was like the only yellow, you know, with like sunshine in the whole country. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, Steve and Dave told me that. Yeah, it was. Uh, we just left eighty degrees, and now look at us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So is is that um, is that flying colors? I mean, you don't have to give too much away, obviously. Uh, but is it, I guess, similar stylistically to to the last record? I don't know. I think it's quite different. But I, I can't really say much about it. You know, you just have to experience it. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, seems I, to me like it's different. Uh, just the, you know, the songs are different. The feels different. I don't know. Was it the plan to to make it a continuing project, or just because of the success and the maybe the enjoyment you guys had, it it kind of came along after the fact? Well, I don't think any of us really have plans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we kind of had just like you know living year to year, kind of what feels right to do now, kind of thing. You know, right. yeah. Well, we enjoyed the first album so much, and the tour. You know, we really we all just really enjoyed the tour and. Uh, so, you know, the album, uh, the record company made an offer for another album. We all said, yeah, sure, it sounds great. You know? That's great. I had a chance to see the New York show, which was amazing. So, Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a good one, huh? Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, the big project to talk about, though, is The Transatlantic, which comes out in January, uh, yes. called Kaleidoscope. Um, you know, what can you tell us about the that record? It's really long. <laughs> good, that's uh, good. In this case, that's a good thing, right? Right, right. Yeah, the frog fans go, yay! Right. Their wives go, oh! <laughs> no. Yeah, well, it starts off with uh, with an epic, which is a good thing in the transatlantic world. You know, when we were trying to come up with something to record for a single, the, the problem is all the best transatlantic music is in like a is in the thirty minute pieces. You know, so trying to trying to clip out a video is. is you know, it's going to represent the band and the album is really hard. Yeah. So we chose the song Shine, but I suppose that re that represents Transatlantic about as well as from the beginning represents ELP or something. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I think the album came out great. I'm amazed. I'm always amazed at how things come together. And, you know, I think we've grown closer as people through the Whirlwind album and the Whirlwind tour. And, uh, you know, I think there's, there's been some growth there, and I think it shows up on the album. I, I, I think it's uh, you know one of our best, really. Was it written quickly, or, or did you spend maybe more time on this one than previous? I don't know. No, I thought it was probably about the same amount of time. You know, I I spent a couple weeks maybe doing pre-production, you know, re recording demos for it. When I start thinking about uh, you know an album that's coming, I just start you know wherever I am. If I'm on vacation with the family or wherever I am, I just you know. I'm thinking about it, and I'm getting getting some musical ideas. And I had a lot of little snippets of ideas that then I put down uh, on the computer. And right. I spent about two weeks doing demos, and then we got together and listened to everybody's demos and picked the mics very instrumental and in picking out the you know really the best parts of each person's thing. And and uh, then we just started you know. Started walking through it. Said, "Well, let's start here and let's see where we go." Maybe, and then we get up to a point, and maybe go, "Well, maybe it'd be good to do this." And then sometimes we just write stuff in the room, you know. Uh, sometimes we'll use whole whole pieces of someone's demo, and then some. But sometimes we won't. It's amazing with the music that you guys write because even what might seem to you long in, in writing these albums, it's it's got to be light years faster than some other bands that don't come close to writing nearly as complicated music. I mean, it's really an amazing skill that you guys seem to have for this. Well, thank you. It just seems to happen. That's all I can say. Yeah. No, I mean, we... Of course, we come in prepared with a lot of music. I, I, you, If you were going to write an album totally from scratch together, you know, I think it would take a lot longer. But, you know, a lot of bands, you know, the writers come in with a certain amount of music, 
you know, before they get together in the studio, you know. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we're able to make these albums in like a week. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it's pretty crazy, really. With, uh, you know, what's amazing with Transatlantic also is that you can really hear each person's parts and their influence. You can make out what parts sound like Flower Kings maybe or, or what parts you might have written, yet it still sounds like it's separate band. I mean, how do you guys make it sound so seamless with everybody's influence, but it, it still comes together as, a, as a, its own entity? I don't know, actually. It just happens, yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't really know. It's like, you know, we'll go into a Royna section that we all think is totally cool. And somehow, somehow we all we all put our mark on it, you know, by uh, being involved in it, playing on it, singing on it. You know, it just seems to shape it into into Transatlantic. I know Transatlantic definitely has its own thing. Yeah. And uh, I don't really understand how it all works. I just know that it does, and it, and it's awesome. I don't want to give the impression that we complete the whole album in a week. You know, we there's a, there's the pre-production time, and then we what we leave w- with in a week is usually the the bass and drums, and we finish the writing, and the bass and drums are done. And then Roy and I, I mean, I probably spent six weeks doing my parts, you know, doing my vocals and my all my keyboard parts and and everything. And, and then and, you're sending files back and forth, that type of thing. Yeah, right. yeah, and uh, then um, uh, then Rich Mauser spent two months, I think, mixing this thing. Right. So, so it isn't like, like we do the whole thing in a week. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just don't want to, I mean, it, you know, it takes many months actually, but uh, well, you should totally tell people it just takes a week and just, <laughs> <laughs> just go with that. So but the bigger issue now is going to be what to play live when you guys tour, because now you have, uh, what, something like eight, 30 minute songs or something you know I, I've lost count at this point but you know have you talked about what the plan is to, to play live yeah we've talked about it we have we have a set list that I've been uh, already working on of course you know uh, it takes a long time to get this stuff in your hands and in your mouth there's a lot of a lot of preparation yeah uh, I spoke with Mike uh, recently uh, you know about how writing those long songs comes about if it's planned or um, you know what the process is if you guys go into it deciding we need to write an epic you know he said it just kind of happens I mean is that is that how you see those things or do you think about we need to write a long song you know uh, no it just kind of happens Mike sometimes has a vision for what he thinks would be good for us to do and sometimes sometimes think things turn out that way but um Generally, we're all following the music, you know, where it seems like it wants to go. I think that's the best way to approach yeah. any kind of creative process. You know, it's just like you follow it where it wants to go, pretty much. What might be some of your favorites, either with within the new record or the previous records from Transatlantic, of maybe the epic songs, or what's what's one song that you know always stands out to you? The Whirlwind is a real standout for me, and uh, probably Stranger in Your Soul. Yeah, that's a favorite for sure. Yeah, I think that's a favorite among a lot lot of the fans, too. Yeah, Yeah, I I generally like most of the stuff that the fans like. I think, you know, generally it seems like the the things that people respond the most to are the parts that I respond the most to as well. Sure. Which is Uh, nice that we're, we're, you know, we have that in common. uh, You know, I asked Mike about how working with you has been so special, 
and he had the greatest things to say, uh, obviously. Um, but I wanted to give you a chance to to uh, sort of describe your guys' relationship and how you've done so many albums together, and it it seems like a really unique writing and working relationship. Oh well, yeah. Mike's Mike's just amazing, and we uh, we work really well together. We're we're similarly minded. We both like to work pretty quickly. You know, uh, I think sometimes we irritate some of the guys that we work with because we like to work so fast. I like to have momentum in a recording session. Mm-hmm. You know, if it if it goes if it takes too long, it starts bogging down. I, I maybe I maybe I just have a short attention span. You know, but. I like to keep moving, and Mike does too, and he's just a great guy, a great friend, a great creative mind, and always really enthusiastic. He's, he's great to write and record with, because he, he's usually the one that's like, dude, this is a, while I'm still trying to figure out if I like it, he's like, this is like the best thing we've ever done, this is so great, you know, he's really enthusiastic, and that's really important, you know, because a lot of times, uh, People can be, oh, you know, so uncertain and so negative. You know what I mean? Sure. Mike, Mike's a very uh, strong and positive guy in the studio, and uh, I really appreciate that. The cruise coming up, of course, where Transatlantic will be playing, and, you, and you're going to be there. Um, I mean, are you looking forward to that, and, and any special preparations happening for that? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, we're, we're doing this uh, encore with, uh, that's finale with John Anderson of Yes. Right. Which is, of course, a crazy dream come true thing, you know. Right, absolutely. And so, well, yeah, we're going to have to learn all that stuff and have it all rehearsed and ready to go. So it's uh, that, that's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot of doing, actually. Are you playing just with Transatlantic on the ship? Yes. Well, I will probably do a little guest spot with Spock at one point. Aha, there it is. Good. Breaking news. <laughs> Very cool. Speaking of Spock's Beard, so I was a huge fan of that band, and I think like many other fans, when it was announced that you were leaving, there's concern. Is he going to keep doing music? What's going to happen with Spock's Beard? And so on. Um, yeah. But I think it turned out okay, really, on, on both parts. And, and for me, not at the time, not really being a fan of any sort of religious music, I, I didn't know what to expect. But even since then, your solo records have become some of my favorite music, and I think you've still found a way to keep whatever you, the messages you're trying to say, but still make the music very accessible. And, and how have you been able to kind of balance that? Well, you know, it's just been, it's just been just trying to follow the leading of the Lord for me. You know, I've, at every album, at every turn, I've just been praying and trying to find, uh, you know, just do what I feel like the Lord wants me to do next. It's a challenge, but it's a great one, you know, and, and I feel, I, I just feel really grateful that the Lord keeps, leading me and keeps uh, giving me good, you know, inspiration for the next thing. And I'm just thankful that for all the good music, you know? Yeah. You know, what I think has also been a great thing that you do is creating a full package that, that your fans can buy, uh, which is not just, you know, the songs, but it's, it's always with extra, you know, bonus DVDs and bonus tracks and um, special editions and, you know, signing things when it's ordered and all of that. I mean, is that a big plan for you when you go into a record as well? And, and have you seen that as important to providing your fan base with something extra? Uh, it's just kind of evolved, you know. Um, 
And a lot of times I'm following with Radiant, with my label, I'm following suit with other people's ideas, so I can't really take credit for it all. Mm. Now, um, I think it was, you know, some of the different European labels, like, oh, we want to make this insane, you know, package and this art book and all this stuff. I never would have come up with that stuff on my on my own. I, <laughs> you know, I, I just can't take credit for it, but I think it's really cool. Yeah, with the, you know, we try and add value for people, you know, where we can, you know, sign things and, you know, special little posters and, you know, whatever we can do to make people feel, you know, special and like they're getting something special. I mean, that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, listen, I think um, I, I'm one of those fans that buys all the stuff and I know a lot a lot to do and it's really appreciated. It's a, it's a great thing that you guys do. The signature part, at least from my understanding from your music, is the musical themes that might open an epic and then get repeated and, and it's there's kind of that big ending. Is that something that you've always seen as important when you write? I mean, it's, it's even going back from songs like Walking on the Wind or, you know, Go the Way You Go and things like that. That's always kind of been there. Is that a focus for you when you write? Uh, that's my my favorite part. To, to me, the the thing that is um, the unique and cool thing about writing prog is the what I would call the classical style of writing, you know, with themes and recurring themes and taking that same melody and using it in a bunch of different ways. And I, I, to me, that's what makes it makes prog really cool and interesting, you know. It, or music in general. I mean, I like that in any kind of music. You know, uh, I always have. You know, that's something I really appreciate in, in classical music. So, yeah, I mean, I've, we, we all try and do that. I, I, I think, you know, everybody in Transatlantic is always, Pete's very keen on taking a theme and then that's fast and then playing it really slowly or playing it in swing time or whatever, you know. That's, right. uh, we're all very keen on that. Yeah. What about a, a solo record? Is there something in the works for 14? I have written a, a, a singer-songwriter album, sort of like It's Not Too Late. Oh, that's um, funny. I, I was, was going to ask you what, about those records and if something like that was, was going to come out again. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've written about 14 or 15 songs. I'll probably pick the best 10 or something. And uh, hopefully uh, put that out maybe in the summertime. Great, yeah, those are really underrated records from, I guess, a while back it's been since you did did those things. Oh, yeah, it's not too late. It's from 2001 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. So, um, you know, I, I discovered Spock's Beard when, uh, when I had a friend of mine who knew I liked Dream Theater gave me Kindness of Strangers, which... Uh, was my introduction to the band and and that sort of started uh, a whole rebirth of all these bands like I said that I, I discovered from there um, you know have you noticed a, a growth in sort of a fan base for progressive rock since you've been doing it over the last maybe 15 years it seems like it yeah we're, we're growing you know uh, not like you know I don't know Taylor Swift or anything but we're <laughs> right. Well, we're growing a little bit each year, it seems like. So that's great, man. Hallelujah. Yeah, I mean, are you seeing that kind of in uh, other parts of the world as well when you're doing traveling? I don't know. Some of the places, you know, it's hard to say because I'm playing a lot of places I've never been before. Right. So I don't know how to compare it, you know. We'll see how ticket sales are for the new Transatlantic Tour. I don't know. I mean, it seems like we're, uh, we're playing some places that are the same as the places we've always played, but playing some bigger places and then 
we're playing the uh, 0-1-3 in Tilburg for two nights, you know, that's, that's definitely growth there. So, yeah, it seems like it's growing. It's great. It's fantastic. Is there a song that that maybe you were writing that is one that you that you really like today from your catalog, but that took you? What, what's like the hardest song that took you to write? The uh, one that was you struggling with or whatever, but that now is is done and you can look back and go, that's an um, that's a favorite of mine. Uh, well, one would have been the whole Solar Scriptura album, actually. Really? Yeah, that was a real struggle. I mean, I remember at times writing that that. I kind of felt like, you know, I was like maybe I should quit, you know. Really, there was times when I was working on that one that were just really, really rough. So, you know, that whole that whole record really would be one for me. That's my favorite of your solo albums. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good thing you stuck uh, with it for me. At least. A, it is a favorite with a lot of different people, and so that you know that. Uh, that tells you, you know, I, I use that with people when I talk to them, you know, uh, maybe artists that are just discouraged or something, you know. I say, well, you know, stick with it, because sometimes you don't know. Right. Sometimes we can feel like something's really rough, and maybe we don't like it that much, and back, you know, go back to the drawing board sort of, sort of thing. Yeah. And it can wind up being the greatest thing you ever wrote. So. Right. <laughs> Stay with things and finish them, at least. When you started Spock's Beard, I mean, could you have imagined the career that would have come out of that so so many years later? Well, I mean, I had two minds. One was, like like a lot of different things, I thought, you know, if, if this could get the right kind of promotion, like, in my mind, life in, at that time, in the early 90s, was all about getting a major label deal and getting a lot of promotion. Yeah. You know, in my mind, I thought... Well, for sure, I knew there were lots of people that loved, that still loved Prague, you know, just, just like go to a, go to a Pink Floyd concert or whatever, and there, you know, there's still millions of people showing up for this kind of art music and stuff. Sure. So I, I, I had this idea that it could be hugely popular, but, but you'd have to get like a major label on board with it, and how unlikely would that be, you know? But I didn't have much faith in the whole, like, just put your record out yourself or, you know, get some obscure label to put it out, you know. I just didn't think much of that whole thing. I thought, well, if you want to just stay, you know, be a loser, then do that. <laughs> <laughs> so in one sense, I'm not surprised that there's a lot of people out there that like it, but I'm surprised that we've been able to have the measure of success that we've been able to have without really having a ma- any kind of major label support. Yeah, I mean, I think today it's an advantage uh, to some degree because it's, with the way major labels operate now, you're, you're lucky to get support even when you're on one of the major yeah. labels. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and I didn't really know, you know, we didn't know that there was already a prog market out there. Right. When we made the first Fox Beer record, we just, we thought, well, hey, this will, you know, maybe everybody will hate it, but at least well, we're the only guys doing it, is what we thought. Right. You know, and it turned out that there was this small but, a, but dedicated, obscure, you know, prog audience out there that really embraced us and, and launched us, which is just amazing. 
Yeah. yeah, that's really worked out. Um, couple, just a couple quick questions. I'm, I'm just curious. What, you know, outside of the prog world, if anything, what, what music do you listen to today? Uh, outside of the prog world, I, I actually listen to a lot of prog. Um, well, let's see. It's the Christmas season, so Christmas music is always playing in my house. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I'm listening to Winter Wonderland, Sleigh Ride, and uh, Let It Snow over and over and over, done by many different artists. <laughs> um, and uh, we listen to a lot of Christian music, uh, a lot of worship music around the house. Um, Casting Crown, Stephen, Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, Jars of Clay. Uh, my daughter listens to a lot of Taylor Swift, <laughs> and. Uh, I listen. I still listen to a lot. Like my, my my family and I like to listen to a lot of things like the Beatles and Elton John, and uh, you know a lot of older English pop stuff. And uh, I actually like to play a lot of classical music. I listen, I like to listen to Beethoven and Mozart and Wagner and all kinds of stuff. Right. Yeah. So a real wide variety. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announcements came out uh, today, and Peter Gabriel got inducted. Um, or he's getting. Oh, did he? Yeah. Hey, and, that's great. Yeah, it is. And uh, so that I was wondering what favorite Genesis song. That's that's my big question for you. What's your favorite Genesis song? Oh wow! Oh wow! Favorite Genesis song? Whoa! That's a tough call. <laughs> hmm. I asked Nick the same thing, and it stumped him for about ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, I guess I choose fourth or fifth. Well, there you go. That's a good one. Perfect. And uh, listen, with that, I'll, I'll let you go. Um, again, I just I just want to say that uh, y- your music is, is amazing to me. It's absolutely my favorite stuff, along with your work with Mike and Transatlantic and Flying Colors and everything. So I appreciate that you put out so much music every year. It gives fans like me something to listen to who don't listen to pop radio so we appreciate that and uh you know keep doing what you're doing man thank you so much all right man take it easy thank all you all right take care brother bye bye we're going to close with a song from the new transatlantic album kaleidoscope the track shine for more information and interviews please visit the progreport.com thanks So we 
shine like there's nothing they can take from us. We want no one left behind. While we shine, shine, shine. Yeah. Shine, shine, shine.
Watch them shine for you. 